Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and the foundation of our empire is beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. I'm with the Drunk Guys, and this week we're reading Foundation by Isaac Asimov. I'm starting with a beer. So the book follows the, uh, spoiler, collapse of a galactic empire, and they do mention the emperor at various points and lots of kings, and you bet some of them would get the royal treatment. This is Evil Twin Brewing NYC Cuvée de Candy Bar Royal Treatment, an imperial stout that's 13% alcohol brewed with chocolate bars, coconut, cocoa, marshmallow, and vanilla. And it might be my second of these tonight. So I need an insulin chaser. This is delicious. I mean, it just tasted, it tastes like a melted chocolate bar beer. Like there's, I don't really get enough coconut or vanilla, honestly. I wish there were more of that. A modest 13% alcohol. Oh, okay. That's a strong candy bar. Yeah, it's uh, bringing me a lot of almond joy, I'll put it that way. <laughs> when uh, when people said, no, Evil Twin, you can't make beer at candy bars, they just snickered. No? Anyway, it's delicious. It tastes like chocolate. <laughs> I, I, I like, it really takes the wind out of my sails when when the puns don't, when Jimmy won't do the puns with me. <laughs> I don't expect I was, Nate I was to ever really, do it. I was really weighing, keeping going, and like, maybe we just don't have to. Maybe we don't have to this time. That's funny. Yeah, every time you have disappointed me for the last time Jimmy. speaking of disappointing uh <laughs> this week we read foundation by isaac asimov and we have uh, mixed feelings um on it I don't, I don't think they're that mixed they're not mixed lightly mixed i've gotten i've gotten mixed feelings on it personally so but the bo- it's well, a it's a saga unto itself on how it was written yeah, so the book as a, a novel was published in 1951, but it it's really f- like many other science fiction novels, and I'm using air quotes, of the 1950s and 60s. It was a bunch of short stories that were smushed together, like in some sort of very exciting prison scene, uh, to make a new book. And most of those had been published in the early 1940s. Uh, you know, he probably did a little massaging of names and shit to make them fit a little bit better and make what is what is that called a uh, a patch-up novel or fi- a fix-up novel i thought he, he kind of wrote them as to be some sort of sequential thing originally have, but they, they were spread out very far but yeah they're, they are all related so he must have had something in mind but they were published as short stories first uh, because that was the medium of science fiction fantasy in the 1940s and 50s like the primary yeah. thing that those guys wrote and it was pretty much only guys, was the short story. And every once in a while, they'd smush a bunch together and make like a Frankenstein story out of them and call it a novel. And here so we go. this one, the first short story, the prologue of sorts, he wrote just for the first version of the book, which was in 51, I think it was. Yep. They're like, you need a, an introduction of sort of like a prologue thing. He's like, all right, I'll shit something out. I've written every other book already. So, dude, dude was crazy prolific. This is our second Asimov book, and just like the last one, it, the, we read *I Robot*. That is also a fix-up of short stories, though this one was a little more intentionally put together. So, this is a really important book um, in terms of science fiction. It really introduces How it. It really is. It, is it the foundation of science fiction? I would say it's foundational. Yeah, at least of space <laughs> opera. Yeah, foundational. It. Um, it sort of, it, I guess, was maybe the first or the My first My puns big weren't thing. good enough. 
<laughs> the, the first big book to, uh, you know, introduce the idea of a big galactic empire, you know, far in the future and a whole big empire that would later be copied by Dune Everything. and Star Wars and I guess Star Trek a bit and really almost all like space opera definitely has. Uh, Star Trek was a, a federation, so. They had states rights, but wasn't there... Um, <laughs> Like fucking Flash Gordon or whatever. I go like, what with the Buck Rogers or what? Who, who was the All Buck those, Owen? Yeah. Uh, Buck Owens is the country guy, right? That, that, Buck like, Rogers, yeah. Yeah. Duck Dodgers also. This isn't the first <laughs> space science fiction, definitely, but I would say it was very, very. Uh, it was very, very important to later science fiction that came after it. So that's why, kind of why it's so famous, and that's why we read it, and that's why it was given a sort of, like, Lifetime Achievement Award by the Hugo Foundation, just so they could stop, like, having to nominate it every year, <laughs> I guess. But there's I only, mean, like, three books. It's not even there. Most of them, like... There were three. And then he added a at bunch. first. The and there were, like, five total or seven total now? I don't know. When they, when they nominated it and when it won, there were three. And that was they, too many. They literally, the Hugo people, I think they, they made up a new award. Okay, we're just going to do an award for best all-time series and give it to Asimov, and then we could be done with him. And he was like, no, huh? I'm going to be around for another fucking 40 years churning out shit. Turning out real it. science books. He wrote an uh, amazing variety of things. That guy was an incredible... Smart nerd guy, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I'm not and a, a nerd he was. Probably he was a genius of a certain time. He was a he had a he was PhD. the best jack of all trades of all time. He said jack off of all trades. Yes, so he'd mostly jack off thinking about like space feet. <laughs> <laughs> there was no mention of feet in this. Was there? He saved those chapters for himself. That was the foundation of his. Uh, it's good times. Feed the foundation of the body. So the story is like four or five sections of different time periods as we follow the uh, decline of this galactic empire. I think it's five, right? Yeah. So it's like a prologue slash first short chapter and then four more. So it's like five. And it follows, you know, various random planets on this galactic empire, which is like tens of thousands of years in the future fortunately they all still speak english and they uh you know this one guy harry selden is like this shit's gonna end real soon and he's invented math history psychology he is a he is the head psycho historian of the galactic empire which is a really unfortunate name (laughs) it's a great name I mean, if, if I was into the, if I wanted to read a book on the history of psychobilly music, I would read a book on <laughs> psychohistory. <laughs> like Apparently, psychohistory is a, oh. It's not a thing. It is no, it, it is. It is a real thing. It's. It's. But it's not this. It's. Uh. It's like the psychology of groups throughout history. It's not a hugely popular thing, or it's just like a minimally useful thing. But that just sounds like some sort of vague sociology kind of thing. I mean, kind of. Yeah. But that's what I guess when you look it up on Wikipedia, because I was looking up after like a few chapters of this book, thinking, I still don't know what this is. I tried to look it up, Wikipedia was like, it's this. It's like, that seems like a real thing. And it's like, oh no, there's a fake version he made for this book. 
which probably came first, really. In the book, it's basically a uh, statistics. Yeah. That, that the guy, Harry Seldon, has calculated the odds of, um, you know, what's going to happen based, based on using, I mean, using history as a, as a, you know, to feed the algorithm that he created or whatever. Uh, he must have been like super obnoxious as a person though. It's like, there's I an idea. You're going to get the waffles, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's a 98.6% chance it was you and not me in that elevator. <laughs> that farted. <laughs> like, how does he know? Shut up, Harry. <laughs> but he's, it starts in, like, there's a narrator who, I don't know if he even has a name, but it doesn't matter because he His disappears into the story. name is Gail Dornick. Oh, right. Sure. That name. It that memorable name. name. So, uh, this guy. So oh, this, I, thought it was like, I thought it was like an Israeli name because it was like Gail with like three A's. Yeah. No, I think it's... Is that short for Galad? Like, what is Gal? Gal? So, this young guy named Gail Dornick arrives on the head planet of the whole empire... A planet Coruscant. <laughs> it, that's what Coruscant was based off of. But yeah. this in 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 in, uh, in foundation that's not called Coruscant is called Trantor. Trantor, and it's a planet that's a, basically it's a one city that covers the entire planet, and it's a population of like forty billion people. Fucking traffic and it, blows, there. and it <laughs> I'm, the traffic must be really bad. And it's space um, traffic though. <laughs> Purpose is to literally be the administrative head of the entire empire of basically the entire galaxy. And it, of course, represents the city of Rome. Because like all, like most science fiction, it's borrowing from history. He gets to the, he gets to the planet and he's gonna, going to the next day start his new job with Harry Seldon as a psychohistorian. But instead he gets arrested because Harry Seldon is... Well, he's just a, a pain in the ass because he keeps saying that <laughs> he's just a pain in the ass, especially to the emperor. He just keeps saying that the emperor, the empire is going to collapse. The emperor, the empire is going to fall, and he has the math to prove it. And so he gets he uh, Harry Seldon and Gale get brought up before this like trial where Harry Seldon is able to actually convince the emperor that the empire is going to collapse. Period. That's just going to happen. But. If he, but if the emperor allows Harry Seldon to set up a foundation that are really to write some encyclopedia articles that the sort of dark ages, uh, humanity's following dark ages will only last about a thousand years instead of 30,000 years. Because we'll go planet to planet selling encyclopedias to people because <laughs> it was the 1940s and that will bring peace somehow. Even though they have this intergalactic federation of planets, they are intragalactic, but they they don't have all of the like. There's an immense amount of knowledge that must exist. Like, but we need to have it all on two CD-ROMs of Encarta. Uh, that's the only way it'll really work. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, you're right. Go take this shithole planet, Terminus, and do it there. Planet Encyclopedia." Even and fill it with people who write encyclopedias, uh, encyclopedia files. <laughs> <laughs> and send a lot of kids. <laughs> no. Uh, well, they're all you know, going to write down this encyclopedia stuff because he has predicted that the world's going to, the, 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 the universe is going to end for this uh, fucking 
Empire, um, and he's predicted based on uh, taking all the statistical modeling of all the past memories of the way humans have been, but he's extrapolating that into the future to find out what they will do. Kind of like future memories. <laughs> I was telling Jimmy needs a very long wind-up for his beer. It makes sense to me. This is future memory from 18th Ward in uh, Brooklyn. This is a new one for oh, us. Oh, that's not New Orleans? That's like... Yeah, yeah, I don't know why it's called that. I could have looked it up, but I didn't. It is a session IPA. Oh, I'm so sorry. 4.9%? 47 Can't tell. Tiny. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It, it, it feels a, a little thin, just because it's probably, you know, half as strong as usual. But it is. It's pretty solid. So, I'll you know, keep this in mind for my quest to find the high-flavored, low-alcohol booze. There Not might perfect, be but there, pretty good. There might be an article on that in Encyclopedia at some point. Since there has to be. They're writing down everything. This is long before Wikipedia existed. <laughs> yeah, if they had the internet when he did this book, he wouldn't have been able to do it. And so, one Selden funny thing like, about this book, and actually, because I was trying to look up stuff about it, is because these were published before computers were invented, there are no computers in the occasional tape. Yeah, there, there are no computers in the thing, in the story. I think it was a thing that he took like 30 years or some crazy amount of time in between the third book and the fourth book. And they're like, We want you to write another book, Isaac. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Read a fucking book, dude. He's like, oh, Jesus, fine, okay. And in between that time, they had invented computers, so we had to like make that adjustment. No, oh. I mean, technically, computers were being invented during this time. Uh, during because he did the okay. Well, this was written like between 1942 and 1944. The first computers were in fact invented, but they were basically secret because they were used to crack the enig- and the Enigma machine. And just even the existence of a team that could crack the Enigma, Enigma code in World War II was super secret. So they didn't tell anybody about it. And they were all so. just fucking giant punch card eating machines that could... The size of a room. Yeah. With less memory than... A Furby. <laughs> yeah, a Furby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the computing power of a Furby. <laughs> they just were powered by exploding vacuum tubes. <laughs> They could have cracked the Nazi codes with two Furbies and in like one tenth the time. That the Furbies are speaking in Enigma uh, encoded messages. That makes sense. Why they're so haunting. So the first real short story of the book is called The Encyclopedists. Encyclopedos. Okay. So what? I, <laughs> so the um which came out My in My 19- version was Encyclopedorists. Is that, is that different? You had the British one. Ah, that does sound... Does sound <laughs> no, I more think you had the Catholic one. Ah, yes. Well, religion is a big theme later on in the books as we get into basically the prequel to Canticle for Leibowitz in this yeah, book. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, I need a beer because right now it's, it like does a big time jump of like 50 years or so. Yeah. And the Empire has, as Harry Seldon predicted, fallen apart or is falling apart. And, yeah, uh, it is in the process. Starting to collapse. And uh, the edges say, of the empire are becoming independent. Kind of like, like the Roman oh, Empire. Yeah. Fewer togas. But uh you could say that this They didn't is, say what they were wearing. No. 
They actually never mentioned that. And I'm kind of glad because I hate when they're like, and he put on his space boots <laughs> and, like, and his atomic suspenders. And like, it really gets really cool. No, no, everything in this one is nuclear, though. So, yeah. And they have atomic pistols. They have a nuclear pen or some shit. He put on his nuclear cod piece at the, at the <laughs> He's end. He's never had kids. His loins. <laughs> Near the end of the final story, that, that they're like, oh, and then the women's, you know, new, a, atomic washing machine is going to go down if we have a war, and they'll complain. That, yeah. Well, that was another thing I had about this book. We could talk about the end maybe, but there were like three women in this book, and they were jokes. Yeah. <laughs> the future is male. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Asimov's future was. Uh, so this beer is called, you know, the, the galaxy, the Galactic Empire is starting to fall apart. You could say it's a... Uh, fragmented uh in sorts and this is called double fragment and this is oh fuck i cut my nails too short this is (laughs) oh fuck dick this is how simulation ends oh no harry selden i need your hologram to help me open this beer uh this is uh from a new brewery from us i believe new park brewing which is in uh west hartford connecticut which if pro tip uh high school students if you want to pretend you're accomplished but aren't really, go to Hartford, and people will just think you said Harvard if you say it fast enough. Like, I'm going to Hartford. Oh, really? Wow. It's, are you a legacy? No, I just I got. It. So uh, yeah, this I got is a, a full dub. ride to Hartford. I got a full ride to Harvard. On so the what bus. Else is fun, <laughs> what else is fun is when people say they go to Harvard. Pretend like you don't know what it is. It makes them upset. Oh, is that a uh, Harvard? Is, uh, it, is it California? Is that like a Princeton sort of? <laughs> thing uh, what is that oh is it har 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 connecticut <laughs> so this is a double ipa from new new park brewing in east uh, excuse me west hartford connecticut that is eight percent alcohol and that's all they tell you uh but i bought it just literally this weekend from the brewery which was really great i had to go to connecticut to visit my wife's family and i'm not gonna lie i was like this trip sucks this <laughs> Like, like this is this is gonna be miserable. It's gonna be forty eight shitty hours, and uh, I knew it started right away because our plan was like we're gonna drive there. It's a couple hour drive. We get Chick Fil A and eat that on the way up. And I was like, that's gonna be sweet. And it has nothing to do with my opinion on gay people, but I just really like the chicken. And then the person we're gonna meet, they're like, no, I'll cook breakfast, and we're like, oh fucking sh- no, you have to drive somewhere where they're gonna cook breakfast. You can't drive anywhere for hours without breakfast. It's like two hours, you know, we're gonna get there at like ten in the morning, eleven, you know, ten thirty. No, I'll, ha- I'll have food ready. I'm like, I ah, Chick Fil A, but I want that instead. And then I was like, Chick Fil A do breakfast? Oh yeah, it's chicken still, but it's oh, okay, uh, <laughs> it's the same thing. But it's the Lord's chicken. Um, right. So I was like, really just disappointed. not on Sundays. Yeah, it's so disappointing. Well, that was the thing we were coming home on Sunday. I was like, all right, we can't get. We'll get Chick Fil A on the way back. Oh no, <laughs> God damn it! So, God would damn it. They opened up. So we got up there and I'm like trying to be polite to my in-laws, extended family. And then Googling, trying to pretend I'm not looking at my phone. Like there's a fucking brewery two miles away. (laughs) I think we need to go. (laughs) And went there. I just uh, go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I got to go out. I got to go outside. (laughs) I think I have a very long fart. I need to let outside. I'll be back in about 20, 21 minutes. I need to and take up smoking. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not sure how the tire pressure is in any of the cars on this block. So I went outside. So we, I bought a case of beer, and I was like, "This is." Just enough to get through the week. This, this, I guess, just the afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll save one can for the podcast. <laughs> but uh, it's a, it's is actually a really solid beer. It does have a bit of a, you know, super juicy New England kind of thing, like a Finback, other half, every other cool hip breweries, double IPA these days. A little, get a little orange citrus out of it. Get a little vanilla, actually. It's really nice, uh, but. Anyway, the empire is fragmented, uh, fragmenting. You're supposed to defragmenting, which you're supposed to do to your computer. Are you still supposed to do that? Don't you know. don't have to I do don't that think anymore. Is you have to nope. do that? I always felt so accomplished when I did that. Like, I left my computer on for 17 hours. It's better now. <laughs> 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 so, um, they're in the future, and we follow the travails of the mayor of Terminus, <laughs> and who. The 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 conflict is that he can't do anything. It, that's he's the mayor of a planet. Yeah, the title was really a weird choice. But he has no power because the real power is in the is is basically run by the board of directors of the Encyclopedia Foundation. Frank Those and bastards. <laughs> and Jack Britannica. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't and even Larry Wiki. Encyclopedia. <laughs> Uh, and, and we have uh, Wiki Lake, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "This sucks." And there's also a whole bunch of nearby planets that suck, that have become independent, and they are like the flux in their nuts. The f- <laughs> wow, it's so vascular. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the definition of those nuts, and uh, they are. Like sort of like weird barbarian kingdom asshole strongmen and Germanic tribes. Exactly. Yeah. They're like the goths, but they listen to less eighties music. <laughs> and uh the the mayor whose name is Harden, which I just pronounced hard on in my head the whole time. Because Jimmy texted us when we were reading this like there's a guy with an amazing name. I was like, It can't be this. This isn't that great. But I'm gonna call him Hard On anyway. We'll get to the better name later. Uh, he has, basically has like a whole thing with the kingdom of Anus Creon, whatever they were called. Anacreon. Um, I'm kind of, you know, Anus Creon. Anus Creon. Browns. Anus Creon. Anus Creon. Oh. Anus Creon. That sounds like uh, like those pants from the 80s that I just cover your butthole. Some material rayon. Yeah, yeah. Some say those never went out of style. Um, but. <laughs> You know, he has to fight with them, and then there's, like, a whole fucking bunch of, like, men- Jedi mind-tricking that happens about... It's like doom We have... We might have nuclear battles. power, and they're like, oh, fuck, we don't want to deal with that, because... Since- so, Anacreon wants to take over Terminus, except that they're not doing it like, hey, we're just going to come... We're, like, they don't just come in with an army, or uh, technically a navy, and take it over. Literally, they send a ambassador that says, okay, you know, we've got an army, and you don't. We've got a military, and you don't. So... Let's just say we're going to protect you, but you have to pay us a lot of money in order to do it. Oh, his name was Hot Rod. His name was, it, was Hot Rod? it was Hot Roderick. Oh, right. <laughs> his name was Hot Rod. <laughs> the emperor's name was Optimus Prime, right? They all, I'm telling you the guy's name. It's Bumblebee. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, they have like a, a mafia-style protection racket for a planet. 
Yep. But then um, Salvor Hardon, the mayor, <laughs> he, he casually mentions, <laughs> and apparently this was his plan the whole time, but he casually mentions like that, oh, yeah, and, you know, our, our atomic power is doing great right now. And then the other guy's like, what? You have atomic power? We're still using coal and oil. <laughs> Intergalactic coal flights. <laughs> we don't know. It's, it takes a lot of fucking coal shoveled into an Hunger engine. Games. <laughs> yes, it is like Hunger Games. <laughs> you know, we, we're still using coal and oil, and this is sort of like, you know, the, the foundation which was set Pete. up to have all the... <laughs> the foundation which is set up to have all the knowledge of... It, it's almost like if Romans had bothered to ever write down all the things they knew and just keep it somewhere safe then all of these things wouldn't have had to be rediscovered. But anyway, so Terminus has all the good technology, but none of the, but clearly none of the surrounding planets or planet kingdoms do. But Terminus also has like nothing on their planet worth like to mine or they have like no natural resources. That's yeah, why they were given this shitty rock. They're basically trading for anything metal. Just like we just, just give us some metal so that we can have like basic steel, but they have atomic power which is the symbol of all the knowledge which is kind of remarkable considering that this came out in 1942 and in fact he talks about atomics all the way through and the the final one didn't even come out till 1944 before the first working um nuclear bomb actually was was successfully tested he must have he must have known to a certain extent what was possible because he's a science guy, right? Like he would have oh, yeah. been able to get it good enough to say like it makes power. That's all. The, the possibility of of atomic atomic weapons or atomics wasn't a secret, and in fact, the the term uh, atomic bomb or atomic something was actually coined in a science fiction novel by was it Jules Verne? No, it was the other one. H.G. Wells. Uh, H. G. Yeah. I think it was coined by by H.G. Wells. Um, and so it and it wasn't for like decades that after that um, after the term came out that science, scientists kind of had an idea about how it could actually work. And then the first sort of like preliminary tests of a nuclear chain reaction were actually done right around the time that this came out in in, in 1942. And then, but the whole Man, Manhattan Project got a got its start when. The guy who had the bright idea got his friend Albert Einstein to write a letter to President Roosevelt to say, hey, you need to like start working on this because Germany is probably working on it too because they have good scientists over there as well. Turns out Germany wasn't really working on it very hard, but uh, that's a different story. But anyway, it talks about atomics and atomic weapons and atomic power all throughout this series. And this is really early for that. I can see why, when it actually was published as a book in 1951, why this would that would be an extra layer of, you know, oh, this is interesting because that's what's going on in the world right now. I like how they, we will write the, the universe's greatest encyclopedia. What the power of the atom is <laughs> the most 1951 idea I've ever heard. <laughs> so... Basically, Hardin drops the knowledge of saying that, yes, we still have atomic power. We still have atomics. And somehow that causes the Anacreones to just give up and say, okay, fine. 
And then, oh, oh yeah, so, and so the Anacreon gives up, but it happens to be, the day this happens, happens to be exactly 50 years since the establishment of the first, of the foundation. And Harry Silden has literally recorded himself, recorded a hologram of himself that's supposed to play exactly 50 years later, where he says, okay, here's, here's some more information in this in this uh, hologram, he has this whole funny thing. It, one funny thing is like, it's okay if you smoke. I'm not really here because even thousands of years Always in the future, everyone smokes all the time. Nuclear cigarettes. <laughs> He's, Harry Seldon says, okay, everyone's been working. I'm sure everyone's been working very hard on this encyclopedia, but that was all a ploy. You're, the point isn't to actually write an encyclopedia. This terminus in this, this planet that has all the knowledge, it's actually going to be the start of the new empire or the second empire. And like a dozen of the nerds must have been like, are you fucking kidding? I got this degree in mycology and, and what, for th- nothing? <laughs> like, do you know how, how much, how many mushrooms I've touched? <laughs> And it was a, it was a, it was a goof. <laughs> like they must have been livid. <laughs> and also, there's another planet like you guys on the other side of the galaxy, in case one of you guys don't work out. Anyway, so this this section is called <laughs> the Encyclopedists, and I have a I have a beer for this. This is from Equilibrium, and this is called Harvester of Science, as an encyclopedist, encyclopedo would be. <laughs> That's the singular encyclopedophile. <laughs> Lover of knowledge feet. Mm. This is a 8.5% double IPA. It says purchase cold, trade cold, keep cold. If it's not cold, but drink hot. Ask why. That's science. <laughs> why is this not cold? <laughs> What's the hypothesis? What's the the coldness is the dependent variable. Anyway, yeah, it's good. This is this is a very nice IPA. They're in New York, Middletown, Middle, New yeah. York. It's like a mile and a half north of the city. The plebe lands, the remainder of the state. <laughs> so then we get to the next section, which is called the mayors, because the stakes are really high now. It's about a mayoral race. <laughs> Actually, before we get we before we get to that, oh yeah, we should talk about we should say the real the, high stakes. The, yes. The real, the real foundation of this podcast are patrons. Yeah. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you could do that by heading over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, where you could uh, trade uh, credits or money, as they call it uh, in the real world, for uh, supporting us and getting all sorts of things like early access to the episodes, exclusive content, vote in our monthly book poll, get shouted out in our monthly book poll episode, and even get tangible goods. Um None of them atomic just yet, but who, who knows? With your with your non tax deductible donations, who knows where this podcast can go? Atomic if, beer. We've definitely had at least one beer I could think of that had atomic in the name. I know we, we had have, a beer yes. atomic pumpkin, and I almost forgot. Uh, patrons of any tier are invited to join us for our quarterly live episode. Plan to discuss an interesting book with us and other listeners for a Patreon-only episode. Our Dianetics episode was a blast, and we are really looking forward to discussing uh, Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer in October. Not looking forward to reading it at all. But uh, if you become a patron for as little as one buck by October, we'd love to have you join us there. But if uh, and if that's not your thing, that's cool too. You could also help the podcast out by just leaving a review wherever you're listening 
or uh, and then just make sure it's five stars. One for uh, for each uh, story in this book. Actually, <laughs> it's actually there's five. Yeah. That would that would also help us out substantially. And if you don't want to give us five stars, what you could do is just go to the review for a different podcast and give them that review instead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that helps us. It doesn't hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about you, overdue. Anyway, so um, so now we get to the other, the next section of the book, which has the most important character in literature. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's about the mayors. And it's also, this, also like it, only 30 years after the last one. Yeah, so it jumps actually, another 30 hard years. Hard-on is still in it. Hard-on is, uh, he's been mayor. Uh, he's been unanimously elected every time. There's no term like uh, Saddam Hussein. Kim Jong-un. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mayor of North Korea. <laughs> and so he has been ruling, and, you know, he's, it's, it's a mayor hard gig, you know. city. Yeah. <laughs> because... Everyone, everyone around him wants North to Korea chase because they don't have food. <laughs> they just have weak bones. Sorry, I'll stop interrupting. <laughs> no, Nate, they just hates cool. North Korea. <laughs> we've we've done that once twice. <laughs> have you? I don't remember. Nah, what? Get those out. <laughs> so Mayor Hardon has been ruling this planet while all the barbarian iron kingdoms, dick. Iron Dick. Uh, and he's he's been fending off the advances of all the plants around them by basically placating them by giving them enough technology stuff to keep them happy, keep them from taking over. But it's a delicate balance because you don't want to give away everything, and you also don't want to piss them off too much so they take over and just destroy you. But the main bad guy is those damn Anacreons. They have a boy king. King Leopold, but ruling for him is Prince Regent Weenus. <laughs> and this Weenus, he's a real dick. He really is a dick. <laughs> he's got some balls on him, this guy. He really, <laughs> he really, he really sucks. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this about Weenus. He's not a pussy because <laughs> Weenus uh, tries to steal the kingship for him, himself and his heirs. From he's his, fucking around out there. Yeah. He's just a big swinging dick out there in the galaxy trying to engineer shit all Machiavellian so he could get the kingdom for himself and his kids and take it away from his incompetent nephew who just likes to go hunting Nyaks or something like that, were they called? Yeah, something like that. It's a like, big bird. I don't know. Isn't that a city in up, it's upstate New York? But they were... Yeah, that too. That's what it's named after. It's, 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 yeah, that's right. As opposed to Weenus, New Jersey. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> so, um, and that guy's constantly giving also mafia level threats to the nephews. Like, hey, be careful when you're out there hunting. Accidents happen. Lots of bullets going around. I'm watching shit right now. And the kid's like, oh, all right. Thank you, Uncle Weenus. Your dad got shot in the heart accidentally. Also, I mean, before. I know, but do you, you could wear pants while we talk, Uncle Weenus. <laughs> <laughs> so My eyes are up here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's another long bunch of shit about local, you know, the usual thing in sci-fi, local encyclopedia pa- planet <coughs> politics. <laughs> <laughs> 
when there's like another party challenging Mayor Hardin and they're called the actionists. And I don't even really remember what they wanted. They but wanted they, to attack. They wanted to go on the offensive. Right. And then because they, they found an old, uh, old, old battle cruiser yeah. that had been like fucking floating around in space forever with its fucking oil valve. So I'm sure it's doing fine. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to, the, they want us to repair it for them and give it back to them. They're like, well, what if we just take it and use it to attack them? He's like, no, that's stupid. You're stupid. We'll repair it back to them. Tell them we'll name it the Weenus and I'll have a good <laughs> laugh. And <give> it- <laughs> that's a real thing. They really do. Call so we're going to name it the Weenus. Well, what's funny is that the we- you know, they call them soldiers on the ship, but they also say the guy in charge of the Weenus is an admiral, which is a naval term. So the Weenus is full of semen. Oh, absolutely it is. Which is, right? Like, well, if it was the army, it would be full of privates. <laughs> uh, his his weenus was out there. There was nothing private about this thing. It was a major weenus. <laughs> it was the best part of it. But the kind of weenus that could do some corporal punishment. <laughs> trying to think of more military puns. And Jimmy's still not helping me. Uh, so, um, <laughs> It's a major weenus. I said that already. Damn it. <laughs> Brigadier General Weenus. No, uh, not funny. Okay, so we, uh, the one, so Terminus, because they have all the science, have they put a fancy device on the ship when they rebuild it and reconfigure it? They put, they add in Is this thing ring? called an. It's a, it's a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a microwave, right? They have a microwave oven. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a microwave something. It's like a reverse microwave. It isn't beam. called an. Ultrawave relay, which essentially allows through basically a radio signal, or maybe it's an ultrawave signal, the uh, Terminus, the people of Terminus can basically remotely control the ship and take it over and say, ha ha, you thought it was yours, but we're just going to blow you up now. Would you say that it's like a big ring that they put around the ship that keeps all the signal in it? It's a big weenus ring <laughs> to keep the ship erect <laughs> long enough for its mission <laughs> until it could discharge all the semen out of it. And had to invade another planet, sure. So uh, what's his name? Weena, there's like a fucking party or something. Yeah, they're, they're, doing, they're doing all their uh, political machinations and coups uh, in the back room of like a, a ball. Oh, and and we all know that Weenus is, is, balls is, is around Weenus. They're at Weenus's ball. And he's like, welcome to my ball. <laughs> he's the Lance Armstrong of space. He's got one ball. And he cheats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then lied about it. <laughs> so they have the party and then they go to the back room and Weenus is like, listen to me. I'm going to go take over your planet. And then the other guy's like, I know because of statistics, and I figured this out already. So I'm surprised you're going to wait until later. I thought you, I, you're starting now. I thought you would wait till midnight. He's like, why? Because midnight is when I outweenus your weenus. And he should, then, but he should have said, it looks like you came early. <laughs> <laughs> Four minutes too soon, weenus. I should have known. <laughs> I can't believe it. How did that name not sound funny in 1942? (laughs) It definitely had, like, really? Like, that word? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it did. It made the book worth reading. This was the only part of the book that was fun. <laughs> so then, the Adventures of Space Weenus and Mare Hardon. So, um, <clears throat> after the... So, My the uh, Terminus uses the ultra-wave... Fucking, what's it called again? <laughs> ultra-wave relay, relay to disable the ship. And because science is now a religion... Everyone, everyone on, uh, everyone working for Weenus thinks that it's a <laughs> it's a sign from God that you know the Anakri that no that the um, that hard on was it the space spirit or something the galactic spirit yeah. you know hard on is actually better than Weenus <laughs> <laughs> so they mutiny and Weenus got soft <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he kills himself. <laughs> He blows himself away. <laughs> His head explodes. <laughs> they cut off the head of the weenus. <laughs> and then they're like, we won. And the boy king is like, cool, that guy sucked. I want to go. The boy sucked weenus. Ween- weenus was playing around, left a mess all on our hands here. This is really <laughs> not great. And of course, then fucking Harden is like, I knew this was all would happen. I have my space invincibility shield on. Thank God for my TI-83 that could predict this whole scenario. <laughs> I did a scatter plot and found out what was going to happen. <laughs> That's the most statistics I remember. <laughs> TI-83 was probably more powerful than the computers they had when we wrote this book. Oh. Infinitely Most more. definitely. <laughs> more powerful than their oil ships. <laughs> <laughs> and their two-mile-long coal galactic cruisers. Yeah. They say at one point the ship is two miles long. It's just coal um, for <laughs> 1.7 mi- miles that they have to shovel into the front. Imagine that's like going through space and there's just like a, a black snaking cloud <laughs> going back <laughs> to like planets and planets. Uh, so then, but then they, don't we get a? Uh, is this when we get the next visit of Harry Seldon, or is that the next chapter? No, we. It's this one. He shows up again. Yeah. He shows up again. It's like, did you survive? I don't know, but I think there's a ninety-eight point four percent chance you did. And I'm never going to give you a very helpful answer. I'm just going to tell you. Well, more he says he happen. can't give anyone an answer about what's going to happen because if we know what will happen, that will change. We'll change how we what act. Happens. Yeah. And then it won't happen. Damn you, causality. Uh, (laughs) I know know everything is going to happen, but I Damn you, time travel paradoxes. I'm just going to let you figure it out on your own. Do you think that he predicted the guy's name would be Weenus? I would be great. I bet some sort of of dick messed with you guys, didn't he? (laughs) Now that you've dealt with that cock. (laughs) So that's part two. All right. I mean, the, book is, the, the book is all, the, all downhill uh, from here. I yeah, it really it it, gets, the, the it, book very much deflates. It blew its point. load with the <laughs> Venus chapter. <laughs> Venus <laughs> really was the high point, and uh, it, it gets really soft and, and just mushy and needs to sleep after this. Yeah. So then we get a whole thing about fucking space merchants, and everything actually is about space merchants. <laughs> like yeah. There's the traders. And there's the guy named like Ponyet and uh, Gorov 
his brother's Goro uh, from Mortal Kombat, of course. And they, I fucking forget what they're sp- trying to do now. They're trying to sell shit to the barbarian tribes. And oh, yeah, yeah. There's also, like, they're trying to spy on the nuclear reactors. Basically, at this point, it jumps another 75 years, and the Foundation is now, they're running things kind of like Popely. Like, they're like space popes, and they have their religion kind of is basically their priests, I mean, and they're also the electricians' union, because they run all the power plants and all the planets, and no one else can know how to work them. They're issuing a lot of papal bull shit. Yeah. This is like... Charlemagne, or was it Clovis? No, Charlemagne uniting Clovis, the like Franks his... and uniting the Franks and sort of starting a new empire, but also converting, one? Convers- converting to Christianity and using Christianity as a way to kind of unite everyone. Oh, they definitely, but it's the, the worship of the Adam. <laughs> Adam and Eve. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. So this chapter was about they were able to trick some planet into some some guy on some planet it was like I need you to give me all your gold and the guy from the foundation is like we don't have any gold we don't have anything but you know what we do have we have a machine that can turn uh, lead into gold so it's actually we have an alchemy iron. machine they can learn lead into gold, and and it, but he's like captured him somehow, and but he says, "Oh, if you give me this," so a guy if, was I, trading I, where he was. In he captured another trading, guy, and they went to save. But that guy's a spy. It's fucking yeah. confusing. As he shit. was like a like a missionary. Like you're not allowed to do missionary shit here. And so the other the guy only doggy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so the other guy shows up. He's like, "I'll give you this magic machine that turns uh, stuff into gold because." You like gold here, and if you give us that, if I give you that, you can give us back this other dude, and you don't have to kill him. And you can make as much gold as you want. But um, the trick is that the machine that turns other metals into gold takes so much power that it's really not worth it. It's actually just more expensive, which is the reality, because we do technically have the capacity to turn lead into gold using a particle accelerator, it just takes an incredible amount of power. You really do that? Yeah. It, you basically okay. take, take a small atom and with the right number of protons and smash it at lead, and it will uh, sometimes those protons will actually stick, and it will turn into gold. It will actually stick in the nucleus. But it takes, a, takes an ungodly amount of power, and you only can do it for like literally single atoms at a time. So, to in order to actually make a gram of gold out of, you know, with a particle accelerator, it would take so much energy, which, of course, is incredibly expensive. So, it is not at all worth it. Which is why I think you're supposed to invest in Bitcoin now. Uh, that's what I'm yeah, something, something Bitcoin. I don't know. <laughs> so, that's that whole story. It's a short one, and it... It makes it, you almost it understand kind of, it. Yeah, it, it it provides you know the context of what the space electrician priests have become, with like a you know a little bit of a story in there, but mostly it's kind of dumb and short. And then it gets the last story, long, and I don't know what happened. No, 
Yeah, oh, the merchant, the merchant princes. Yeah. That's the next one. Yeah, that was fucking, it just, so, so one thing I guess I complain about sci-fi and fantasy books where they like spoon feed you too much of the world and the yeah. lore in the beginning that you're like, all right, I figured it, I could figure this out. This section does the opposite <laughs> where it's like, hey, welcome to an advanced economics lesson in this universe you've never been to. <laughs> and you're just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here. And there's like one female character who's a useless thing who just wants a necklace. The and nagging Commod- Commodore's wife, the queen. And she's not easy like Sunday morning, like the Commodores would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> but she is a brick house. <laughs> Lionel Richie jokes. This is where you come for. This is what you, <laughs> this is what the patrons are paying for. <laughs> Lionel Richie jokes. He was in the Commodores. <laughs> I I remember that vaguely now. Yeah. And those are their songs. Easy like Sunday morning. And Nate was alive for this when the book came out. <laughs> I was not alive for this. <laughs> The Commodores? Yeah, no, I have the Commodores. That was the seventies. He just I he was just missed not it because he alive was working. In the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but I have one more beer I need to drink this fucking turd book. Um so that's have... the fifth book. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my like uh Caribbean Irish accent or something like turd. Um so they're traveling all around the galaxy, even though they actually never really leave this section of the galaxy. And also, by the way, I mean, obviously, they're not going to explain in any way that makes sense. But the planets, they describe them as that these planets are all near each other. It takes like a few weeks to get to from one to the next. But also, the, these planets are near to each other, but the other ones are all a little far away. And they like lose the ability to travel. Because they're in the space. hinterlands. They're here in, you know, Iberia. <laughs> Or <laughs> Germanic, uh, one of or, the Dakotas, Space Dakota. Even though the introduction, the which was written later, describes you know, oh, this is all made possible with you know hyperspace travel. Though does he say hyperspace? Is that the term he uses? Don't remember. But it is mentioned fair in one sentence in the introduction that was written later. So I don't know why it actually takes weeks. Because I mean, none of it's real. So I think it's because when the Empire falls, or is falling, a lot of these out, outside planets don't have the technology or lose the ability to maintain the ones they do have, so they lose a lot of it. And they can't have the, the ships that they would have gotten from somewhere else that could have done shit. Which is why they set the Foundation dick for hundreds of years. At that and the sweet, sweet uh, addendums to the encyclopedia they get every few years. Oh, good. I wanted to know about the different kinds of Honey, they made an Lynch. They, they changed something on the Robert Frost entry. Did you see this? They had. <laughs> well, anyway, they're traveling around the galaxy, and you could say that they go to the Milky Way and back. And that's what this beer is called. It's called <laughs> to the Milky Way and back two. This time Again. it's milkier, <laughs> milkier and galaxier, or milkier and wayer. Oh no, way milkier. There you go. <laughs> Milky Way two, way milkier. Their time's uh, a charm. I've been drinking. <laughs> this is from Evil Twin NYC, and it is a 7.5% alcohol milkshake-style IPA with raspberry, strawberry, and blackberry. And uh, let's see how it goes. That just tastes like berry juice. It's very good, but it really tastes like 
just Chuck Berry juice. It's Chuck Berry good. Yeah, this is this beer is Johnny B good. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm gonna say that. I'd put my dingling in it. Or <laughs> <laughs> <About> your weenus. <laughs> Uh, this is great. This is a new series from Evil Twin at the time of recording this. I don't know how many they're up to at this point, but I think the third or fourth one just came out. This is number two, and they just kind of swap in different, you know, fruits. Berries. Or, not even all berries, actually. I think there was a kiwi one or something. But just different, which might be a berry, technically. I'm not a fucking horticulturalist, I don't know. But they have different uh, fruits and things they, they sub into this base recipe, which is a, a common thing for Evil Twin. They do a lot of that where they have... Mad Libs style. Yeah, which is smart yeah. for a brewery, you know? You could buy the other ingredients in bulk. You have a base recipe. You know it's going to be good. You know how to work with it. And, you know, is there really a significant difference in the flavor of a raspberry versus a blackberry or a cherry? Sure, they taste different, but in terms of making the beer, you could pretty much predict what they're going to come out like if you swap one for the other. Sometimes they put some weird-ass shit where they'll be like, this one's with kiwi, granola, and tea. And you're like, "Eh, no thanks. It's a smart move for breweries these days. It does taste like goddamn goddamn juice. Thick juice. Zoftic juice. (laughs) You know the word zoftic? That's a great word. So they travel around, and we get to the merchant So this last short story, which is the longest one, I really... The least short story. (laughs) Yes, I really... (laughs) Have no idea what happens. It was very confusing. It was like a trial about a murder of a guy. But since it's, you know, there's since these time jumps, usually none of the characters are the same. So you have to like reorient yourself every time with who these people are, what they're doing, what's going on in the galaxy. And it's hard. So this one in the future, the foundation is like spreading its religious power over the local shithead planets that they're still like making candles out of sheep tallow and the foundation has nuclear powered hovercrafts. And so they're like religion has become increasingly through the stories or technology has been increasingly a, like a religion. And I forgot which one of the earlier ones had the thing where, I think it was the, with Weenus, right? Where the king, they like had like a special float, floating throne for him that oh, like yeah. made him glow in the dark. <laughs> Shit. Everyone's sitting on a tiny nuclear reactor, so they're all going to be dead by like 30. Yeah, they all have <laughs> like horrific tumors and shit. <laughs> and just totally desiccated testicles that just cannot produce anything but dust. They're just radioactive jizz dust. Too bad for weenus. <laughs> so the, fa- the foundation, which sounds kind of menacing when you put, it sounds like something out of like a John Grisham novel, but anyway, the foundation. Like a Kafka novel. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. The The first chapter was very Kafka-esque actually. The, where the guy's arrested and he doesn't know what he's being arrested for. And that's, that's the trial by Kafka. Mm. Uh, so they're taking over the, the planet of Corel, which makes lightweight uh, dinner plates, uh, which is, that's a real brand, Corel. Uh, it's just spelled differently. And uh, That's where the Millennium Falcon's from. Is it? Wasn't it the Corellian crater? Oh, it's spelled, yeah, it's like, it's a, yeah. It's spelled, spelled with a C, C, but yeah. Though I will say this book says parsecs many times and uses a parsec as a unit of distance, not time. So it got that right over Star Trek. 
A Star Wars. I think, Star Wars. I think that when they did the solo prequel, they like tried to fix that by making it parsecs like a measurement, a time editing by using jumps. It didn't make a lot of sense. They're like, I appreciate them trying, trying, failing. Trying. I've, I've heard that they. Yeah, I, I, that's the only Star Wars movie. Actually, no, I haven't seen episode nine either. Whoops. <laughs> you didn't miss much. That's what I've heard because episode eight sucked hard. And sucked nine was worse. Weenus. Was it worse? Oh, God. Yes. They were fine. I didn't have... They were not fine. I, I have to disagree. They were They were anything but fine. They Eight were... sucked. High-budget weenus. That's... It's <laughs> a great band name. Yeah, that is a good band name. High-budget weenus. <laughs> so, well, anyway... Folktronica? Actually, the solo, the Han Solo prequel movie, it was fine. That got it's a lot fine, of yeah. that got a lot of shit on the internet. But you know what? The fucking episode nine was way worse. So, in comparison, the solo movie it was fine. Uh, but anyway, he uses because Isaac Asimov is an actual fucking scientist. He knows that a parsec is a unit of distance, not time. Unlike George Lucas, who is just a nerd. <laughs> he doesn't even fucking know if Greedo shot first or not. That's how unknowledgeable he is. Oh, he knows. He just he just fucked up. He's a bitch. Han shot first. Okay, that's that's what they should have fixed in the solo movie. It should have just been two hours did of different and... angles of Han shooting first, <laughs> <laughs> just to prove it that Han shot first. I want to say in one of the reissues they did try and fix it. In one of the, oh, this is the HD version. Oh, this is the DVD version. Oh, this is the blah, blah, blah. In one of those, they did actually try and fix and make it so Han actually shot first. But he did shoot first originally. Then they added some, like, goofy crap where Greedo... When they did the, when they did the special versions again, they all came out as the edits when they invented CGI. And it was like, I can fix everything now. That's when he made it so that uh, Greedo shot first. But in the original one, Han just shoots him. Yeah. Because he's a space dick. He's a pirate. <laughs> Cowboy. I don't think I got more pirate vibes. It might have been when he said, suck my plank. I might have been. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I mean, he, he <laughs> behaves like a pirate, but he's more like a cowboy. We're talking about Han Solo, right? Yeah. Yes. He, okay. Because it's better than the final section of this book. Very much, because <laughs> I still couldn't tell you what happens. All right. But I will try to. I've I've literally, I read it. And then I've tried to read the summary, and I still summary have no is long idea. too. The summary <laughs> is almost as long as the introduction to the whole short story. I've seen Wikipedia summaries of books that are as long as the summary for this short story. I I read it and I was like, I think I know some of what's happening, but this is confusing, and I'm I also don't care enough to try. But yeah, it really it really just got a lot worse. I, part of it was that I I really didn't care. So there's some sort of like weird convoluted trade thing going on, and there's smugglers. Maybe Han Solo's there, you know? No, no, Han Solo was a long time ago. Oh, this is in the future. It's a different space cowboy with the top let down and the sunshine si- shining. But uh, <laughs> Admiral Ball went to Ball. Yes. <laughs> uh, only God knows why, but. The- and that's it. That's all the Kid Rock I know. But uh, then there's like a there's, this is this is the part where there's like the missionary who has to get executed, and 
Oh no, they, they he go. There's a guy. What the fuck is his name? It's like Mallow. Um, yeah, Marshmallow. And then, Marshmallow. The thing is, there was Mallow, and then there was Manilow, both in the same. Barry Manilow. Was it this? It wasn't Manilow. <laughs> it wasn't Manilow. It was actually. Let's pretend it's Manilow. That's way funnier. It is way better. No wait. Do they have these? All these. Uh, it's Manlio. Oh, man, Leo, yeah. But that's way harder to say, so I'm just going to It's also just, like, just way more homoerotic. <laughs> like, a man, Leo. <laughs> that's, no, you're not. <laughs> My weenus is out. <laughs> Look how big it is. <laughs> so there's Barry Manilow uh, and Mandy. I mean, Marshmallow. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of, and, and one guy writes the songs <laughs> that makes the whole, the whole galaxy sing. <laughs> but they go to some planet... And um, Mallow is like, there's like a, a merch, uh, not merchant, fuck, missionary. And they're like, he was here and we need to burn the witch. <laughs> we need to kill him. And he's like, cool. And everyone's like, dude, what the, the other guy had a stupid name. He was like, twer. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like Tner or twer. Twer. It's, it's T and then the letter that is next to a T. A W? It's twer. <sighs> is it twer? It's totally twer. Twerk? It's twerk. Everybody's twerking for the weekend, and then he <laughs> shows up, and uh, and he's like, "Give the crowd that missionary," and they like, will definitely kill him. He's like, Don't you smell a rat? And and as reading the book, I was like, "No, I have no idea what's happening." <laughs> Space rats, and then he's like, "They were here very quickly in this desolate, bumfuck part of the galaxy. How does this happen? This feels like a trap or a trick or something." And so I don't give a shit. Take that guy and we'll figure it out. And then he has to deal with fuck. What's the, the fuck? twelve angry men? <laughs> the Commodore. Right? Oh yeah, he Lionel meets, Richie. He meets the Commodore. Yeah, and <laughs> and, uh, and his wife. <laughs> We've already made these jokes, but the Commodore Nicole, Nicole Richie is there. Yeah, <laughs> it's Lionel and Nicole Richie, <laughs> and they have some sort of like weird test for Mallow. And they make him wait around. And as the reader, you're like, I don't know what's happening anymore. And then he offers, he's like, I will give you magic. I have, he's like, I have magic inventions. Like, I will make it cost 1% of what it used to cost to build things. Oh, yeah. If you just, I'll install a thing in your factories that make everything cost 1% of what it used to. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. It's like it, it's like the industrial revolution. He's like this is this is the industrial revolution coming in after the fall of the Roman Empire and we can actually make stuff for real now. But it, but it, his real plan is to see if they actually have nuclear power, right? Like that's his secret mission here. He doesn't actually have just atomics. want to fuck. My book said nucleics actually. Really? Yeah, it did not say atomics. It said nucleics over and over Mine again. Mine said atomics. Yeah, I have atomics too. It's a new, new nucleux, nucleics. I don't know, but did not say the phrase atomics. Um, but whatever, he updated it. Let's make it sound even more spacey. But he wants to see if they actually have this technology because there's been some sort of indications that they may have figured out how to do fucking nuclear energy again. Because typical of a dude in the 1940s, he's like, "That's the future. You will have nuclear toasters and an atomic refrigerator." And everything will be amazing because of the power of the atom. So in the story, that is the technology that has to be preserved 
and retaught. There's never going to be anything better than that. And it's like you can get your wife a nuclear jewelry. Yeah. (laughs) That was like an important thing. And he's like, bring me a young woman. (laughs) (laughs) You mean we have to have a female character? Okay, we'll bring one in. Make sure she has big jahoobies. (laughs) She was a servant girl. They're like, put this shiny necklace on her. That's what they're for. It cushions that. (laughs) They cushion the necklace very nicely. This would fit a very nice charm or a good sized weenus. <laughs> those bosoms. <laughs> <laughs> and so that this, this is still only like halfway through this, that stupid last story. There's a whole like, you know, they're out to get me, but I secretly recorded a conversation I had with the guy you think is good, and he's a real douchebag. And everybody's like, oh no. And then he plays it. And I didn't know what they were even arguing about anymore at this point or why that guy was good or bad. Nate, can you help us? You've read this <laughs> twice, actually, haven't you? Uh, yes, and I still am like, I have no idea what happens at the end. I'm just glad it was me. And then they like go back to Terminus somehow. They would like, well, fuck that place. And then they go back to Terminus. <laughs> and, the, they're, and Mallow is basically now he's popular because he did the thing with the stuff. I really have no idea. But the main, <laughs> thing that, the main thing I got from the end is that he says that he's going to, he's going to basically become the new mayor, the new mayor of the, of Terminus, but he's, n- but he's going to use his power as mayor to not do anything. That was his plan. I'm going to get, I'm going to win this election. Okay. I'm going to become mayor and then do nothing about this crisis. That's the right strategy here. Do nothing because history will take care of us. He really thinks that like, well, he took care path. of this issue, yeah. but going forward, I'm not going to do shit. He's like a libertarian wet dream. <laughs> Just the well, he, he believes president Calvin Coolidge. I think at this point he believes he's like a believer of the psychomath of the Selden things. Like we get to these crisis points, we solve them, and then that sets us on the path we're supposed to go to until we get to the next crisis. I don't know how you determine what's a crisis and what's just like a minor inconvenience, but he believes we're well on track on the math track. I have no idea what the point of this was, except I was thinking it's just setting up problems for a second book. Like, it's just going to be like, well, it's it's trying to set up a, a, a thing that's going to happen in the next book, but then this is the end of the book. This is the end of Foundation, book one. Do, do we know if he changed this from when it was just a short story and an independent short story? No idea. No idea. Because they were kind of published as short stories that kind of, like, linked to... When this book was described to me, Long ago, it was like it's it's like a sci-fi book, but about like the history of a civilization. So I thought it was going to be like some sort of history book, but what it really is is the history of civilization as told through individual stories throughout it. So it's not just like and then they built up this city and then they did this, which I thought it was going to be. I was really not looking forward to reading that. But this was each story is like a jumps forward a little bit, I guess. Over the course of all of them, it'll cover the whole Dark Age between the First and the Second Empires, I, I guess, is the, the shtick. 
I will never maybe. find out. I'm not going <laughs> to read them. Either. I don't care. <laughs> I would rather live in the dark ages. According to Wikipedia, under reception, some one reviewer said it was a book of real intellectual entertainment and adventure, but then another reviewer said found it, quote, competent enough writing and thinking, <laughs> if on the dull side. And then too kind. Dull, yeah. in July 2012, IO9 included this book on the list of 10 science fiction novels you pretend to have read. Like, yeah, <laughs> that one, they really nailed it. It's super famous. I remember in high school, a person we went to high school with, Jimmy, I'll tell you who it was later, we were talking about what is literature, and someone, was, someone some super smart guy we went to school with, super nerdy guy, but he, he was, you know, our professor was like, what is literature? And he's like, well, how come like, we never consider science fiction as literature? And I was like, I don't know, science fiction, that's Star Wars. Like, that's what I knew when, when I was 14. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, my guess suppose the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov could be considered literature. And I, I've always thought of that since then. I remember this 20 years ago now, <laughs> someone saying that. And I was like, is it literature? And I read it and I thought, fucking no, that guy isn't smart. This book sucks. <laughs> This book is garbage. It's it's not great. It's not great. There is much better 1950s and 60s science fiction than this. This is just pretentious shittiness. It was one of the most difficult things we've had to read. Not difficult in terms of, you know, sentence structure and vocabulary. Just difficult to get through. I think that was a big part of this, of the the type of writing these science fiction dudes did back then because they wanted to make their books, they wanted their writing to be considered literary. And what we, what's a, a way to make it literary? Well, if everybody gets it, it must be too easy. So there's, I feel like there was a temptation to make books a little confusing or make things a little weird and not told in any an easily followable way to make it appear more advanced. But... That kind of goes against the whole point. Like the reason why people like science fiction is because it has a great story. Like it's all story oriented. Well, there aren't okay, long not... passages where you like contemplate what does it mean to be alive or like what is the meaning of truth. Like no, it's just a fucking story. This early well, science fiction is really not about the story at all. It is, I mean, especially this. This early science fiction is really more about. The sort of the futuristic idea of it, it's just sort of like the the imagination of the future and the future technology and its you know consequences and stuff like that. That's what this is about. It is not about story or plot, and though it does have those things: story, plot, character-driven novel. Like to even, I mean, obviously to even call this a novel, it's like, well, really? I mean, I guess. Uh, but it was. It's it has none of the things that make books fun. <laughs> Shit. Am I wrong? No, no a plot, no. a story. I mean, this book practically had different characters every chapter. So every single chapter, you're starting back from the beginning. Like, who is this? What is? Where are they? What do they want? What is going on? And that's. That's not the fun part of a book. The fun part is the, you know, the progression of the you know, of the plot, and it's definitely not. It's definitely not this. I mean, I 
it really questioned for me reading it. I really questioned why I like science fiction. It's like I love <laughs> science fiction. I I really like space opera. Holy shit! Why? Why? Uh oh! What? I can't. Oh no! This is this is bad. I actually I actually really liked the first half. The I first half the, I could follow. So yeah, it was I liked okay. that part. I thought it was it was interesting seeing seeing it as I guess. You have to take it like it's it's more of like a bird's eye view, where it's like the story isn't these people. The story is the entire civilization. So the main character is the galaxy and the growth of it. So it's it's hard to follow, and I I'm not planning on reading any more of it. No. But I thought the I thought the first like the prologue I thought was interesting, and then the parts on Terminus where they were kind of like establishing Terminus and all the jazz they were doing there. I, I like that part. And it just, it hit the ground hard and exploded immediately after that for me. Just was just like, what the fuck is this? This is like a, I would say it's like a different book because it was. He wrote them all like a year apart and it was a completely different thing. So it was, it was hard to really get invested in anything because you don't know what the fuck was going to happen next. It was going to be unrelated. I agree. I, I, I liked the first couple of stories. And I thought, oh, this isn't so bad. Nate, because Nate read this a few years ago, and he said, this book sucked. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. Did you forget about Admiral Weenus? Or Re- Regent Weenus? And you didn't tell us? <laughs> he, 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 he let us discover that on, a, on our own. Well, you have to. Because if I knew that going in, then I really, that would have taken the one thing I liked out of the book. <laughs> and yes, I just said it. I liked having the Weenus in me. Uh, <laughs> the weenus in your head you like experiencing the weenus finding fully embrace the weenus <laughs> embracing the weenus is the name of my uh, self-help book but, the name of a dream theater album uh and i think it is <laughs> <laughs> i think the song was in 13 8 uh except for the random measures where it goes into 15 16 and uh, those are the taints of the song uh the whole album is taint <laughs> it's fucking dream theater i i i just I, I I also liked I liked the I liked it. Each chapter got worse. Like I liked the first thing. I was like, "This is cool. I can get on board with this. It's going to go somewhere." And then I was like, "Oh, it's all right. This is happening now." And I was like, "Oh, Weenus, awesome!" And then <laughs> it was just this sucks. Oh my god, does this suck? I mean, really, the second two, the the, the second, the, the last two, not the second two, the last two short stories, which are half the book. Yeah. Man, they were not good. So something that I um, noticed while reading it, and we've kind of mentioned, is that it basically mirrors the fall and fall of Rome and the start of the Dark Ages. And well, I, that's, he set out to do that, exactly. I did not know that. I've read nothing about this book before I read it. I was okay. like, oh. I was like, this is a lot like Rome and like the rise of like the Italian like city-states and... I just thought that was, I thought that was an interesting idea. What a series of coincidences. Well, I, I knew, I was pretty confident it was on purpose. I just didn't yeah. know, I did not expect that. I wasn't looking for that. But my In, in the, uh, the last section, the other planets are called the Normanic Sector of Space. Really? Yeah. I was like, well, that's pretty explicit there, Isaac. That was like the one interesting thing, was, for, was reading through the other shitty parts and trying to see... Which, uh... Who is the weenus? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the, the biggest weenus? <laughs> the season? The Caesar? 
was Caesar the Weenus? No, the Weenus had to be later because the Weenus was already when the Empire had fallen, right? Was Nero? See, I was thinking Weenus is like Theodoric the Goth or something. <laughs> you see, I was thinking Otto von Bismarck the whole time, even though that doesn't fit. I think that's too the, late. Doesn't fit with the Roman theme. I feel like that's not until like book seven. When they're, we'll never they go to space, Blotto, Mark. But, but what if Apple does a season two? There's enough in here for several seasons. I mean, they obviously have to basically make up the whole plot. Uh, th- from from scratch. I mean, they're gonna. I, I'm assuming, and because I, it, it's like when Amazon made a series of the Man in the High Castle, where they took sort of like the concept of the Man in the High Castle, the book, another very confusing book. That book sucks as and well. Made a whole right. series out of it, but they had to invent almost everything. I have a feeling there might be a couple of named characters in the Apple series that have the same names as in the in the book, but they're going to have to pretty much make up most of the rest of it. If they change Prince Venus, I'm not watching. You know, I'm going to do one better. I'm just not watching it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't care. They're going to have to very, very greatly expand any one of these. Or it's going to be... It's gonna, it's, I guess it... I guess they could make like an anthology series out of it, which is very popular these days. Okay, but there so is potential. The weenus? There is potential that the show is better than the book. That's not hard. It's that's true. The bar is real low. The bar is an erect weenus, by the way. But <laughs> that is that's the. They're going to give room for the weenus to expand. Got to unzip a little bit so the weenus can grow. Um, I, it's probably the show will probably be better. Because it's a cool idea, I guess. Um, it is interesting. It was interesting. It's, it's just the fourth and fifth story was like too convoluted and you weren't really sure what was going on and it didn't make any sense. But the concept of the book as a whole, it's not bad. I'm okay with it. I just thought those stories were stupid. I thought the idea behind them was interesting about like space popes and how that would work out. But just the stories he used to like give characters to the history of this thing, the stories were stupid. But the idea behind them, I, I, I thought was interesting. It reminded me a lot of, uh, you guys haven't read this, but the, the Hyperion series was a lot about space Catholics. So. My favorite kind. Oh, yeah. So who should read it? Well, before that, there are there sequels and prequels, and then there are even sequels written by not Asimov. Like, it's like... Authorized guess, is it like sequels. big enough that you could just smush more stories in there? That's what I think will happen of, for the show. There's a anything. lot of stuff. You could fucking write anything and say it takes place in this universe and be like, I guess. Well, apparently, like some of the iRobot stuff takes place in the same universe, or um, or at least close enough. Well, this is but the galaxy. The Galactic Empire has fallen after twelve thousand years, so. It's a lot and of like iRobot, they like just got into space, you know, within the last few hundred. So that's even like before the Galactic Empire even fucking existed. Even though there were zero robots in this book, so yeah, it was just people on space. Who, by the way, like one of the chief crops is still tobacco. It's like a southern planter wrote this book. <laughs> He's like, though, uh, we need our uh, atomic cotton. <laughs> My nuclear cotton gin. Maybe something happened in between those two that got rid of robots. 
I was reading um, something about I feel today, like the Southern Planter today. would have liked a workforce that didn't need to be free. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. <laughs> uh, I was reading something today about sci-fi, and it was like about, um, about Dune, oh. why there's no computers in Dune. Because they killed because themselves? Because the book sucks so much. <laughs> it's because in the world of Dune, or the universe of Dune, in the history section, you can see there was a, a war where robots and AIs basically enslaved humans and the humans fought back and destroyed them all and said, we're never doing that again. Do it by hand. We'll just have meth pilots. Yeah. Like so, space meth so they could fly through very interdimensionally. Well, this one they're doing coal ships, so... Ugh. They're doing coal whippets right before... <laughs> so they could fly. I don't know coal whippets are a thing. It could be. It's science fiction. So who should read the book, Nate? What do you think? I mean, it's really no one. You would have to, but yet there are people out there that love this book. Or they just love the sort of like sci-fi concepts of the book so much that they can actually follow what's going on. And that is amazing. For those people, I am, I'm jealous. I, I wish I liked this book. But man, this was not fun to read. I agree, man. I wanted a, to like it. But it was I was another instance of capital G grade versus lowercase G grade. In terms of like sci fi, is like literally foundational. But do we need it now? Yeah. yeah, it's it's an important book in the genre, not a book you need to read anymore. Unless you're like a I want to understand the development of science fiction. If you like sci fi there's no guarantee you'll like this. No. If you don't like sci-fi, it's pretty much guaranteed you won't like this. Yeah, unless Maybe you're like, like a big history nerd, like you love no. history. There isn't like, enough. Uh, there isn't like enough history in it to really find that interesting enough. Yeah. But if you're interested in like space economics, <laughs> there's even there's not enough of that either. That's like the whole last story, though. Was like the weird. All this, like we, I demand a ship full of tin, and then I will give you my space manipulator. It's like Fair if, trade. You, if you read, uh, you're into like space economics, the intergalactic hand by Adam <laughs> Smith. Adam spelled A T O M. Oh, oh, absolutely, <laughs> Adam Smith. So, so Asimov sort of maybe he didn't invent the idea of a big galactic civilization, but that was later. But it did make it famous. And then later it was copied in things like Dune and Star Wars. But sort of like all of the ideas that went into this book that were cool have been done better quite a few times. So Kind of like the Roman Empire itself. (laughs) Maybe that was the biggest metaphor. A lot of good ideas that would be done better later on by other people. Or or done better before when the Greeks invented it. We don't talk about that. Well... (laughs) <laughs> there was there was less boy love happening then. I don't know if that's true. But even most of the stuff the Greeks invented, well, not most, but a good deal of the stuff the Greeks invented, they got from someone from the Egyptians or the Mesopotamians. So why don't we ever talk about the Scythians? You know, go fuck yourself, Jimmy. <laughs> or the, 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 the Thracians. They're Greek. Yeah, that, that's like that's like Mas- modern day Macedonia. You know, I found out Macedonia was a country still recently. I'm like, really. <laughs> Thought that wasn't a thing anymore. How's Philip doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just and Macedon. his son Alexander. I hear he's doing okay. 
That's the last Macedonian I've ever Has he found a nice girl to settle down with yet? <laughs> How's that horse? Is it like Bucephalus or something like that? Bucephalus, yeah. It's a horse with an enlarged head. <laughs> <laughs> Enormous weenus. Well, yeah, it's a, obviously. It's it was a black horse. Uh, but it's they, a horse weenus. Uh, a very different horse for a movie. Do you remember that band Weenus? They did a teenage dirtbag. Remember that song? I know. I I actually do remember that. <laughs> it was by Weedus. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> I pretend it was Weenus. I thought I was like, I can't believe it was a band named Weenus. How did we all get away with that? I know. No, it wasn't Weedus. That's a song that has been played in my house more than any reasonable number of times, which would be zero since the year two thousand. Not sure the guys in Weedus even play that in their house anymore. <laughs> I don't know if they have houses, but, <laughs> <laughs> but next time he comes out, I'm like, oh, is this Weenus? And my wife's like, yeah, it's Weenus. I'm like, that's what I said. And I'm just going to try to and he'll laugh quietly to himself. <laughs> that's the life of a married, married dad. <laughs> that's, like a, that's the victory I can achieve. Quiet solo Weenus parties. That it's like, um, when you, when you, I get to, when I get to say, I'll take the penis M&Ms. Like, oh, peanut M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> penis M&Ms. That's 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 those are the joys that are left to me. You want to watch that Holocaust movie, The Penis? Which one? The one with Adrian Brody? The Penis? Oh yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, that's that's too far. That's a good movie. Schindler's Fist. Okay, he was, so, a, great, he was a great penis. Huge penis. <laughs> the most famous world penis famous in penis. the world. <laughs> <laughs> They couldn't beat down that penis. Um, so they couldn't beat off that penis. <laughs> <laughs> so who should read this book? It sounds like almost nobody, unless you're a real hardcore fan of the genre. If you're a sci-fi completionist. Well, if you're a sci-fi completionist, be careful, because there's like 19 sequels that you will be roped into. And that that bothers me deeply to not read I'm a whole sure series. I'm sure they don't get better. I can't imagine they do. That he was like, I need to take 30 years off to write the next one. He's like, I really That's don't want to do sign. any more of that. I'm going to go back. Oh. No, aren't there a million of these? There's seven. I looked it up. There are seven that he wrote. Oh, and then there's a Jesus. trilogy that other people wrote. So there's at least 10. It's a lot of weenus. All right. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Book. And of course, if you want to support the podcast, just leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening or head over to patreon.com slash or you could support us uh, financially. And we'd appreciate either one. So thanks in advance. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.